Welcome to the Giving Gifts Podcast, a podcast for real people to share real stories as they navigate using their gifts in this world. When I tell you I'm excited to share today's episode with you, it really is an understatement. A year ago, I moved from Orange County to Ensenada, Mexico, and I think one of my biggest fears in moving was recognizing that in a lot of ways, I was starting over with community. Mi español no es muy bueno. <laughs> y it was still during the middle of a pandemic. And what I didn't know at the time is that this year would be a year of connecting with people and being incredibly impacted by individuals who have incredible stories. This season of the Giving Gifts podcast is going to hold a lot of those stories. This is season three, and it's episode two, and it's the first episode that I've gotten to record in person with anyone here in Ensenada. It was only appropriate to record this episode in Casa Negra, a coffee shop that was started and is run by Juliet Navarro. I think you will really appreciate the way that Juliet shares her story. It's a perfect mix of positivity and transparency. Juliet has a gift a vision, and the commitment, drive, and creativity to make that vision a reality. It's stories like this that I believe have the possibility to inspire individuals to really use their own gift, to make it happen, to recognize that it will not ever be easy, but it might be worth it. Well... Hi, <laughs> my name is Juliet. I live in Ensenada. I live and I was born in Ensenada. I mean, it all started not as a business. Uh, it all started with uh, what I was telling you uh, before. I used to make bags, I uh, like from zero, from scratch. Um, I think that was when I was 14 or 15 years old. And one summer, I don't know, I got like bad grades or something and my mother <laughs> grounded me and I was just bored. And she had a sewing machine and she always made our clothes, me and my sister clothes. So she knew how to sew. And I asked her to teach me. So I, I, I always like art and colors and paintings and everything. And I guess when I was at my artistic emo phase <laughs> when I was younger, um, I wanted to do tote bags. So I learned how to sew a tote bag, which is really, I mean, easy for me. It was easy. It's just like a rectangle and two straps. And I started making those and painting them. So I made uh, rainbows and bicycles and flowers and whatever. And, yeah, I used my creativity. Uh, I remember one design was a, like a cloud, and it was crying. So the raindrops were uh, the tears. And I don't know. I just didn't, you know. <laughs> and and uh, when I came back from that summer with my new tote bags that I made, uh, those were the tote bags I brought to school and everyone was like hey I like your bag where did you get it and I was like I made it I want one can you make me one with a unicorn because I love unicorns okay yeah and that's how it started I stopped using tote bags with rainbows on it and I started doing uh, to need um like a purse you know I was 18 I think or 19 when I started to change in um the 
like uh, the materials and growing with the brand with me, you know. And I started to go to pop-ups, to um, bazaars, uh, they call bazaars. I mean, in Spanish, they do. So, yeah, the, and then I met people that was doing things, I think, 10, 12 years ago. And I think more, 12 or 15 years ago. <laughs> and they were like craft um, craft spaces uh, so we can sell our products. And I don't know, it just started growing. By 18, I entered uh, design school, I mean, graphic design school. So I made my brand. That was my first, like, uh, project, my own first brand, you know. So it was called Vinilica. And because vinyl was the material, the primary material. Um, so, yeah, I started Vinilica. And um, I don't know. I just kept on like looking for spaces to shops to sell them but there were not many i mean the shops we knew here were with brands from california or bigger brands i don't know sears and that kind of stores so it doesn't uh, existed as today like small shops that support uh, local businesses or local products so uh, i got together with a couple of uh, friends that were on the same mindset that I was, like, hey, I, I want to keep on selling my products, but we need a, a special spot to it. So we uh, started um, renting a space together. It was called a handmade house. That was 10 years ago. We were four girls starting that. So four brands, and we invited, I mean, we were like the heads from the shop. But we invited a lot of people that were that we met at those uh, pop-ups. So I think we started with 15 small brands. And I'm proud to say that we were the first, uh, like, handmade collective going on here in Ensenada. And I knew that there were another one at Tijuana, but that's all I knew. And I got to meet the girl that has still has her store at Tijuana, and we used to, I mean, I used to sell my purses over there. And so we made a, like a big community out of small um, producers. And uh, yeah, that's how it all started. And I don't know, it just evolved at what is it now. And I mean, a lot of brands stopped. A lot of brands died. And a, a lot of producers started doing another thing. I mean, it's hard because at that time, there were no support at all. So, or they wanted cheaper, or they wanted, and it's, it wasn't, um, I mean, if you choose to live out of selling those stuff, it has to be worth it, you know? It's not, you cannot live about loving what you do and passion. So, um, yeah, so you have to find a balance. And for the first, I think, six years or eight years of producing my, bags and then the Casa Negra brand. I was working at the same time as a graphic designer and as a creative director as another um, another stores like fashion stores here in Ensenada. Um, so I couldn't be like full, full, full on my shop because it won't be rentable. I won't be making enough money to just pay the rent and pay my rent and everything. So I had to balance three jobs at the same time for a lot of years. But, I mean, I guess by now that I can 
just live doing this. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was a journey, <laughs> as you can see. Honestly, for me, just hearing that whole process gives a lot of context because I know a lot of times you and I will have conversations of like, yeah, things are really busy or I'm working a lot or I'm doing this, but I'm getting to do this. Like I'm getting to show up and I want to work and I want to be here. And exactly. So kind of just seeing where you started, which was really just this idea or this vision to get to create something, yeah, right, to actually now owning and running and operating every aspect of a functioning business, like, you've seen it all and yes. everything in between, and you've worked every single part. Exactly. If if there's no barista, I'm the barista. Mm-hmm. If there's no one to sell and and um, charge uh, whatever I'm selling, I'm the one that it's in the cashier, cashier. So if there's no waiter or waitress, I'm the waitress. <laughs> so, and I enjoy doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not healthy to try to do it all, which is one of my problems, I think. <laughs> and I'm like, I can do it. Of course <laughs> I can, you know? I've been having three jobs at the same time all my life. And it's not um, burden, burden, yeah. yeah? Because I like doing it. That's the good part. And I like to be here. And, I mean, of course, I get tired, and, of course, I need to eat and shop stuff and, you know. But I, I think that's the important part because I like to work. I like my job. And I have to work a lot to get here. And, I mean, still, and I will work a lot all my life, I guess, so I can continue doing what I like because it's not for everyone, you know. And... I mean, I could be working out also as a graphic designer at some publicity agency, and that would be fine too, but I don't know. I think I want more excitement than that. It wasn't as motivating to bring someone else's vision to life as yeah. much as it is to have your vision that includes all the aspects of what you care about. Yes. And as you can see, this place is not just a coffee shop or it's not just a clothing store or it's not just a, I don't know a breakfast place uh, you can also I mean I try with this space to create a community of people caring about art about uh, handmade products about um, just knowing that the Baja lifestyle it's something you can be proud of and you can you want to be part of and i try to make everyone a part of the baja lifestyle community by coming here and just checking out everything that's going on here i mean eventually i want the space to be bigger and i want to host um like art exhibitions and concerts and whatever you know and I guess that's how the DJ part started because I want to be part two parties too. So yeah, I put the music and I don't know. And the music has always been part of me too. So because I'm a drummer, I learned how to play the drums when I was 15. So the music has always been part of it. And I don't know, like the, um, also the music meets the mood of this place. I cannot stand when I enter here and it's, there's no music playing. It's like, what? Why? Are you okay, guys? You know? And it's like, it's part of the mood. I mean, you change the 
whatever what's going on with uh, whoever comes in, you change that perspective because they feel an environment and it's the music and it's what you see and what you smell and what you, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, every aspect is important and I like every aspect of it. So that's why I learned to make coffee and design the clothes and shoes. Uh, the brands are going to be part of Casa Negra and the music that's playing and everything's curated. I don't know. It's yeah. like, shh, it's, it has a purpose. So it's a whole experience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I always say, I mean, it sounds super Starbucks-y um, to say that I don't sell coffee. I sell experience. But I do. <laughs> I mean, I do. Um, I, my coffee is good. I like my coffee a lot. And, but I'm not like fully interested in just come get a coffee and get out. It's like, come get a coffee while I make it. You can hear the music. You can grab a book. You can see if those sunglasses look good to you too. Or uh, see the t-shirts that has the prints of Baja or local crew or whatever. So it's all about that. And the slow living, the slow life I'm also promoting, it's about that. It's like, don't, don't come here rushing me to give you a coffee. I mean, chill. Order your coffee and enjoy the experience that you can have here while being here, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you were open throughout almost all of COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, at first, I mean, eight, nine, I think, years ago, uh, we opened only the shop. And we closed during the start of the pandemic for three months, but we were at uh, the old location. And then uh, during those three months, well, I have to do something to pay the rent, you know, because that was still going. And I started um, selling uh, mouth covers, but fabric mouth covers. So I started with that and that was what made me pay the rent all those months. And during that, uh, then three months later, I started opening only the weekends and did my webpage Uh, to sell my clothing, but only to local deliveries. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, everyone could, like, if they wanted a T-shirt, I just drove and I was the delivery guy. Mm. <laughs> yes. How have you seen the need for community change? From, from the sense of before COVID, everyone kind of was doing their own thing. I think, you know you ask people how they're doing, everyone's doing fine. Um, and that's like a worldwide thing. I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't live in Ensenada before the, oh, that's the true. pandemic, but, and I came like almost a year ago, so yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. But um, I think there's a sense of just knowing that everyone has gone through a rough two years, almost three years. Yes. Right? So how has like creating a space where people can just come and be – How have you seen that energy shift? I think that was exactly one of the reasons I opened a coffee shop inside my clothing store. Because I knew that with all this going on, and I mean, the priorities changed a lot. So I wanted to keep with my clothing uh, line and my souvenir shop, as I'm calling it now, like the new souvenir Uh, I wanted to keep that, but I knew that not a, everyone could be part of that or 
have a $20 t-shirt because we don't know what, what's going to happen tomorrow if we will have jobs or money or whatever. So when I moved here, the space gave me the opportunity to have a coffee shop because I knew that maybe you wanted to come to the store, but you might not will be able to grab a t-shirt or you don't need one because priorities change it. But a coffee cup, I mean, that's a moment that you can have and it's just three bucks and you can relax here and be part of Casa Negra and the community and everything without spending a lot of money. I've been in here where people are celebrating things. Mm -hmm. I've also been here where people are clearly struggling mm -hmm. and will tell you everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like you hear all the stories. Yes. So did you realize that you would be um, meeting people in that space? No, not at all. I mean, now that I'm here with this, The shop, I used to run it by myself and my partners. And then when we moved here, uh, well, I have to have uh, help. So uh, Samantha came up, uh, baristas came up, and there's a lot of people coming and going that I will remember always, you know? And not, all, not only the ones that comes for coffee, Also, the employees that I don't even call employees at all. They're like my team. So, yeah, it's like um, like a family that it's crazy because a lot of uh, people that had uh, worked here met a lot of people that it's part of their lives now. And they don't even work here anymore. It's crazy. And I like it. I love that. Because I feel like they won't ever forget this place because they give you more than just a workspace and more than just a paycheck every week. I mean, that's how I met you, you know? <laughs> I think the openness of the, the parts of this place, that, what, that is what makes it easy to come and connect with. I mean, if you come here and the barista is like in their own and minding their own business and just serve you coffee and bye-bye. That's not the experience I'm looking for, you know? And I love it. And it's not only this place. It's also my sister's places. They always come here, you know? The waiters and the waitress and everyone that is involved in the restaurant and in the wine bar. I mean, my boyfriend, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like a big family. And they all come and go because they know this place is like a time off of their daily basis work. I don't know. They're like... I'm just gonna see what's new here and say hi and then go back to my work and it's that. like I love it too the first time I came here I walked in I got a coffee I sat down and then I think probably within like the first 30 minutes of me being here you were like hey we're gonna close but um <laughs> you can stay here if you want to and I was like really you were like yeah and then you started you guys were painting the wall and all these things were happening oh, yeah and I immediately felt so comforted by that because I love being behind the scenes of okay. places and so I was so excited but I also got to just see and begin to see like how the different businesses were all working together so it's like you and your coffee shop so there's that aspect mm -hmm. and then there's Melissa and Raw yeah and Stephanie and the wine bar yeah and I'm curious of like how the three of you, who all kind of came from different areas before coming together for this, decided that, one, you wanted to do this, and then, two, how has that 
it's, it's a legitimately a family organ. Like a, it like is. It's nasty. crazy. I mean, uh, I've always been close to my sisters, but I mean, life, of course. Uh, I studied one year in Mexicali, and then I came back, and then I left to study at Guadalajara, and then I came back. But when I came back, I moved out my family's house, I think, when I was 22, so 10 years ago. And so, I mean, that one made a, a difference of uh, the daily basis of being with my sisters, you know. So we kind of, not grew apart, but we didn't see each other that much as we used to, but since 10 years ago. So uh, Stephanie moved out to France for a year, I think. So Melissa also lived in Puebla and in Playa de Tijuana. So we were like everyone doing their thing, you know, um, studying or working or whatever. So... This happened because of the pandemics. The, my sister uh, were together at Encuentro Guadalupe before coming here. So uh, <laughs> they started working together with a restaurant and a wine bar. But not my sister didn't have a wine bar by, it, by herself. She was in charge of the wine bar of the hotel. So when Melissa started working there, That was, I think, in 2019. They were together all day. And they grew together more. I mean, so, but I was the only one that has my that had my shop in another place. They were together, and I had my, my shop uh, in Villa Mexicana. So when the pandemic came, they closed over there. They offered us, I mean, they offered them this place which it was, used to be another restaurant, like a regular Mexican restaurant, and they had a beer place, I think, when where the wine bar is now. They used to sell uh, beer. And um, they came here, I think, at the 2020 in April, maybe? And they started looking at the place, all the changes that they were going to make, but it was so different. Not only painting, because they have everything old. So they have to renew a lot of stuff, make the bars, uh, everything. The furniture was really old. And so, yeah, just plan the whole thing. But it's, and it was really different than when it was at the Valle. So they started the project, and while they were here, they saw this space. And they were like, I think my dad was the one that just, like, put the the <laughs> semilla <laughs> in me. <laughs> I don't know if it was my ego or what, but he told me, if we started the restaurant and the wine bar here and someone sees this space available, someone's going to get it. And you're going to be like, why I didn't? And that was like, <sighs> okay, that's true. <laughs> so he knew how yeah. to challenge you. He did. That was like, <laughs> oh, you're, oh my God, you're right. But at the same time, it was an opportunity to grow something bigger here. Um, and I always wanted to have a coffee shop. Always wanted to have a, like an open space when you can share more than just a clothing brand, you know. So. I was crazy couple of months, crazy, 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 a lot of thinking, a lot of, I mean, the rent is going to be in dollars and maybe the triple though, but also the space is going to be the triple. So, 
yeah, I took the decision and I was like, eh, why not? I mean, what can go wrong? I have the fortune to have my family's back and support. So I knew that if something got, uh, got uh, bad or wrong or doesn't work, I knew I have my family support. So why not? And yeah, I took the chance. I took the risk and I moved and I learned how to make coffee and everything about coffee. I think by watching tons of YouTube videos for <laughs> two months. And um, I happen to know uh, an amazing couple that worked with coffee. I had a team uh, of baristas that had experience working another in another coffee shop. So they mostly show me how to do it. I mean, show me how to put on practice what I've been YouTube learning. So yeah, that's how everything becomes real. Yeah, it was a, a big challenge, but I was so excited and I was having uh, personal stuff going on. So I just embraced the moving and the new business as a, I don't know, like an escape. Crazy couple of months and then we open on November 2020. The hardest part, I think, uh, it's the incertidumbre, like not knowing what was going to happen when I moved like changing everything and also like I knew when I moved here that I needed to be fully on this not forget about the weekdays uh, jobs uh, forget about the publicity agencies I mean you have to be 24-7 here in your business like I had to believe in me before everyone do it, because if I'm not sure, um, it wouldn't be possible. So I had to quit my job, my like safe job, and just fully on be here. So I think that was the hardest part. Just you saying that though, like I was just thinking about it because when I moved, when I moved here mm -hmm. almost a year ago, that was a big thing. Was mm -hmm. that I'm gonna focus completely only giving gifts mm -hmm. and prior to that I had also worked three to four to seven to <laughs> who knows how yeah. many jobs yeah. and there there was some sense of comfort in working that many jobs because I always had something going on whereas when I'm focused completely on the thing that I'm pouring a hundred percent of myself into there's so much more risk mm -hmm. involved yeah and so I'm glad you said that because I just, I've been thinking a lot about that too, of how scary that felt. It is. It where is. you're like, if I fail at this, it's a hundred percent of what I'm doing. Whereas if I failed at any of these other things, it was okay because I had another four to five jobs or backed whatever. Backed up, ready yes. to go. Yes. Right. But when you're focused <laughs> on one thing and you're pouring all of you into that. And it fails. That will be, I mean, that's the, my, my fear. Yeah, I think that was the hardest part, to fully commit on my dream job and, and hope that it will be okay and I will be in bankruptcy and not able to pay mm -hmm. anything or anyone because all my teammates uh, depend on me, you know? And financial stress is so different than anything <laughs> else, too. I mean, and I, and I, like have gotten to a place where I want to be just fully transparent with that with people because I think it's something we don't talk about yeah. as entrepreneurs yes. is that when you're in as humans, right? Like when you feel like this need of the finances isn't being met, 
everything is hard is hard to think through. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything becomes clouded. Yes. And it's so stressful. That's the only part that stresses me. You know, mm-hmm. because coming here, love it. Uh, uh, making coffee, love it. Selling, love it. I mean, that's the easy part. Having new teammates, love it. I mean, that's totally the easy part. But if it doesn't work uh, and financially, that's when I, it gets like, ah, all my effort, all my everything, you know. But sometimes it doesn't depend on you. It's just, I don't know, you have to hang on. But just keep on doing it with all the passion as the day one, and it eventually will. You will meet someone, and that someone will tell someone else, and that's the, like the shame, you know. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I've just gotten into this routine mm-hmm. of doing. Of rather than saying like, what do I need in this next year, or even this next month, or even sometimes I can't even say what do I need this week. Mm-hmm. I just need to say what do I need right now. Yeah. And is that need being met? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, who can I invite into this time of whatever it is I need yes. to, to think about this? Because sometimes we can get so caught up in like, I need this, this, this for the next year, and it's all on me to do. And that that can be so draining. Yeah, totally. And exhausting. And it's not really helpful. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, and, and you're right. Like, when we're focused on what do I need right now, somehow our needs... Yeah, all all get mad. So you have to be smart when going into business. I mean, it's not about passion all the time. But if you mix passion with uh, good hopes and with an administration and uh, everything that it makes a business a business, that will be okay. That will be good. Mm -hmm. Would you tell a young female individual who wants to pursue entrepreneurship in our world right now? Okay, I will tell her that <laughs> you have to love what you do, love it, love it, put all your heart, all your passion in it, but you have to be smart as a business owner because at the end, what we just said, if financially it's not, it's not working, you will cloud everything else. Your passion will be clouded, your energy, your your positivity of doing what you like will be clouded because it's you'll be stressed. So you have to put all the pretty parts, the passion, the the creativity, the your dreams and everything. You have to mix it with being prepared for the real world. You have to learn about that. You just cannot go and hope for the best. You have to be prepared and that's not hard. I mean to just we are lucky to have a lot of ebooks and YouTube and Instagram pages that can help us to learn more about businesses. If you had the passion part and the creativity and the willing and the dreams of having your own brand and selling and making a product, you're halfway there. I mean, and I think that's the important part. That's the one that will make you happy about doing what you do. But you have to do this second part too. You have to learn about having a business and administrate it and the finances and everything else. So, yes, you have to think about that first. Well, I just want you to know I'm so thankful for the space you've created and that it's a space that I got to meet you. Yeah, I know. Because I, I mean, the first time I met you, I was like, hey, 
can we be friends? Because <laughs> um, I would like to be your friend. And you're like, yeah! Uh-huh. No! <laughs> Hopefully she means that. Yes, <laughs> of course. But seriously, I've just been super encouraged by your presence. I mean, oh, I can come you. in here on days where I'm feeling overwhelmed by the world and just... There's something about being in this space and taking a deep breath and knowing that it's about showing up today. Like, it's just about needing to get through today. Totally. And about recognizing the people around you. Uh-huh. We see each other, and I know you're doing your best. Mm-hmm. You know I'm doing my best. Just let's keep doing our best. Did a flea told another flea? What? Should we wait for a dog and should, or should we go walking? <laughs> it was you rolling your eyes at the end of that joke that was the best part. No. Thanks for listening to the Giving Gifts. Like, share, and subscribe. This show is the shit. Spread some love and joy. Know that you're giving. Okay, I've never said anything after the exit tune, and I'm not sure I'll keep it, but I thought I would try since I didn't want this episode to end with an odd number anyway. The Giving Gifts podcast is a platform that's been created for real people to share real stories, and it's all part of the mission and vision for the Giving Gifts. The Giving Gifts is a global community committed to creating resources for individuals to identify their gift, navigate how to use their gift, and share their story. If you're interested in learning more about today's episode or The Giving Gifts, check out the website, thegivinggifts.org, or find us on Instagram, and let's connect.